Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This edition of How to Be a CEO is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharmadine Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Stop that! Christmas is over. It's time to get back to work. But this could be the real most wonderful time of the year. 2024 is a blank canvas filled only with forecasts and aspirations. Anything could happen. I believe in a culture where people are a little bit fearless because I think that in their fearlessness, people take calculated risk. It's how I want to lead and it's how I want our business to be able to do it is make decisions and stand by them. Be able to defend them every single day and that's all I can expect. Polly McMorrow is the CEO of McCann London, the massive marketing agency with clients like Just Eat, Xbox and Aldi. At some point over Christmas, you almost certainly saw one of their campaigns. She's managing around 200 people working with globally recognised brands in a high-profile, powerful position in one of the world's biggest advertising companies. And she nearly didn't take the job. And he said, you know, we'd like to offer you the job. And there was a real moment of... Uh, responsibility and consideration and and my honest answer was uh, are you sure you want to do that? Um, Because (laughs) I'm David Marsden from The Standard In this episode we're going to be talking about Polly's CEO philosophy how successful marketing campaigns are made and that time Snoop Dogg became the face of Just Eat but it's not often I get to hang out with marketing bosses in fancy offices in the heart of London so the first thing I want is some free advice. What does Polly think the business world's New Year resolution for 2024 should be? Well, the first thing should definitely be hire McCann London. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> New Year's resolution one. Um, no, I think we're heading into this really interesting new chapter for marketers and, and us as you know leaders of creative businesses. I think the last few years has very rightly been one where we've been a little bit more conservative, a little bit more cold and correct a little bit more calculated actually in how we've made the decisions we've made and I think as we come into 2024 certainly for me and and I think for so many of the marketing partners that we've got is we need to be a little bit more audacious there needs to be a little bit more of the the excitement and and that that's not recklessness because you know that absolutely can't be at the heart of it but I do think that we can push ourselves as an industry to be Uh, to find the balance between making sure that you're doing the right thing 
um, from an effectiveness perspective long term, yeah. but that we can frighten ourselves a little bit more short term. And I think that sort of audacity, I do think we're maybe coming into a, a chapter or a, an era where we're a little bit more audacious in, in the sorts of places and spaces that we as marketers play. I feel like marketing has to be audacious. That's where the yeah. creativity comes from. And if you're not terrified, if you're not sitting there about to hit the, the button on the next campaign and going, I have no idea how this is going to do, are you, are you really working? It's, but that's, you've exactly, that's exactly how it should be. That's why we do what we do. That's why I adore and I feel so privileged to do the job I do is, you know, we, we exist in the intersection between logic and magic. Mm -hmm. That's what great mm -hmm. marketing, advertising, creativity does. It, it's this powerful accelerator. And really, you know, the magic lies in the uncertainty, really. It's how you understand the logic. Yeah. And then it's how you allow that uncertainty to breathe, breed magic. And I think, you know, that, that excitement, like you say, I, I love being unattractively jealous of other people's work you know there's a really it's 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 like being an unattractive crier do you know what i mean it's, a, it's not a good thing um but there is there's a sit on the edge of your seat wow that's changing the face of the world and i think that's you know that's my job for sure running a creative business is how do i create the climate and the space internally and externally so with our client partners and for our people mm -hmm. to allow that magic to thrive that's that's if in its simplest form, what I should exist to do, and I believe that's what our industry should exist to do. Is. On the flip side of that though, how does caution creep in then? What causes that? What makes people go, let's, let's step back a, a little bit for a second here. Well, there's probably endless behavioral economics studies <laughs> that will tell you why, uh, why we become a little bit more cautious in what we do. It's interesting, I think that we have had a, an era of so much data and you know, people talk endlessly about the power of data. I'm mm -hmm. one of them. I think it's one of the most powerful things that we have and our responsibility and our job is to be able to demonstrate the efficacy of, of what marketing and advertising does. The danger, I guess, is that it becomes all about the engine and not about the fuel. You know, it, it becomes a lot about and, and connecting the dots on that. Both are so important. Um, but it's important that you have people who are striving to connect incredible performance marketing with right. real-time data, yeah. with big ideas of creativity that fuel it. And, and you know, you talk to anyone, I had a really interesting dinner a few weeks ago with some people who run media companies, and they were saying the exact same thing, which is we can talk and isolate the efficacy of the machine, but mm -hmm. unless you have these wonderful ideas that make you reimagine everything from your values to what you buy and how you buy it and how you think, then the machine is just only ever going to exist as a machine. So uh, in answer to your question, I think conservatism creeps in when it becomes only about the machine and right. it doesn't allow you to be able to have the magic that fuels that. So keeping those things in balance is is a perennial problem for, for everyone. You know, that's that's what we do as human beings every day. But those people that understand the power of ideas and how you mm -hmm. connect them to the machine are the ones who are, who are flying. How do you get that motivation then throughout the staff, particularly at a company as large as McCann? How many people work? Well, so uh, globally, I mean, globally, globally billions and trillions, <laughs> yeah, I think. No, um, but just you. No, yeah, no. McCann, London, there's about 200 of us here. That's so a, that's, yeah. it's, it's a fair That's a here. lot of people. Yeah. There are a lot of things going on, probably in their own lives. How do you keep them motivated and pushing forward? 
It's an it's that's it's a really interesting question because your point of how you create a kind of culture at yeah. large is is a challenge for us all. I have always learned. I grew up in a company called Bartleberg or Hegarty. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've had Sir John Hegarty actually <laughs> on on this pod before, and he's he's a legend and, and an incredible man. He talks a lot about don't don't start a business, create a movement. Yes, and I think that that's interesting. So the the culture of a business is led by its leadership, and for me personally. It's always difficult to distill what your leadership style is, isn't it? You sound a bit odd. Um, it's always hard to talk about it. It's always kind of it, hard to talk it? about yeah. it without sounding like a narcissist. But um, I think mine is sort of rooted in, you know, a heavy dose of fearlessness. I believe that one of the strengths I can bring to this business and to this industry is a relevance in mm-hmm. how I believe we do that. And I, and I believe in making mistakes, not not huge ones that are irretrievable but I believe in a culture where people are a little bit fearless because I think that in their fearlessness people take calculated risk yeah and the the duality of those things know and understand your client's business better than they understand it themselves genuinely better than they understand it themselves and then liberate yourself to take some really it's back to that audacious point to be really fearless in how you execute that and I think that that's an interesting principle because I think if you have a business where you know and you want to empower your people to be able to take decisions knowing that at the end of the day my job should be there that mm-hmm. if anything goes wrong we can step in and or you can learn and learning quick and fast and hard and all those wonderful things that you can do in your uh, life and career are so important and that's yeah. why you know that's why I I love what I do but it's why I really believe that that's how I it's how I want to lead and it's how I want our business to be able to do it is each and every one of the people that work at McCann will do that in a very different way they will turn up in a very different way and their fearlessness will present in a very different way but at the end of the day it is make decisions and stand by them be able to defend them every single day and that's all I can expect I think fearlessness for me comes from making mistakes yeah and then realizing i've made horrendous mistakes as a journalist done terrible things put completely the wrong information out and then you know 20 25 years later i'm still in a job i'm still doing all right but and it, yeah. but it's only by making that mistake that you go okay things are recoverable yeah. I, which obviously is the question of have you ever made a mistake Oh, absolutely not. For any client partners out there, absolutely not. Um, No, do you know what? I I absolutely, of course, absolutely. Yeah, hundreds, hundreds Mm. of mistakes. Um, And hundreds of mistakes. The thing that's interesting with the hundreds of mistakes are how actually I've learned from them and who's been with me on them. So some of my most incredible client partnerships have been with people where we have made a decision together. And that might have gone the way we wanted it to or not in a million yeah. ways. But we've been there together. And I think the the piece of that is that there's such power in, in trust, in partnership. Yeah. And when you hold hands and you make a decision, however that decision goes, as long as you will stand next to each other the whole time and you both learn from it in different ways, you can do that. And uh, yeah, some of, some of the, the biggest mistakes I will ever have made definitely I've made alongside some of the very bravest clients that have been made and I think that those 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 experiences like anything are things that bond you for life and and so many I'm so lucky because so many of the clients I've had through my career 
are still wonderful friends and mentors and counterparts and and the people that you know those moments that um that those mistakes happen and how you how you deal with them are moments that cement you in your career how important is it for a client to be brave do you talk to them about that when, when, when you're, you're on board. Like, we want to do this, now we understand you might think this, but this could be the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. But also, there's caution with the, I think there's caution, a little bit of caution with the word bravery because it means different things to different people right. and that can never be disassociated with um, success because bravery should never be in the absence of delivering in in and for a business so it's really understanding what what success looks like to Mm. an individual to a business to uh to an industry and understanding where you really think you can accelerate into it so our business is delivering disproportionate returns for clients yes clients as humans clients as business areas i happen to believe that really powerful ideas are ideas that stand out. They're ideas that make you think differently. And that takes some guts to be able to do that. And and being able to step outside that is really important. But getting people to a place that they're okay to take a brave decision is what we should do every day. Being able to say, you know, the, the calculated risk point, I understand your business, I understand what I can as, as, close as I can get I believe that this is going to completely transform your business and the way that your customers think about your business or the way that people think about a topic or you know a cultural point when I sometimes talk about the best work that we do at McCann I talk about it as being on the you know the the edges of mainstream Mm -hmm. the fringes of mainstream and and that's where really interesting work lives is how do you take a body of people with you uh, so bravery is a huge part absolutely i talk to our clients about it a lot but it's important that you can contextualize it within within the success that that they need as people but also as a business because at the end of the day our responsibility is to deliver those disproportionate returns to a business you've been here nearly two years why did you apply for it in the first place why come here i mean you're working for a pretty big company yeah why go to mccann so all those things, it, it you know, leaving BBH was never going to be an, an easy thing. I'd worked there for 15 years. It was actually the only company I'd ever worked for. I'd only ever walked into one office all my life. I had worked for an in one culture. Um, and there becomes, you know, there comes a moment where you, uh, you find it hard to detach, I guess, the experience that you have got um, and the the muscle memory that you've got in a mm. business from what you can do. And you sort of need your own sandpit. Um, and then you take a call and they say, you know, would you be interested in interviewing for the CEO ship of McCann? And what starts as a bit of an academic exercise of what does it look like to interview to be a CEO? You know, you're going, well, I don't know. Well, this is going to be an interesting academic exercise. Um, and then, like all things in life, you sort of, the conversations you have make you fall in love with a place and a bunch of people. And, you know, that really happened as I went through the process of interviewing for this job, but there was an interesting um, moment actually, and it will be an interesting and important moment for my life, which was when I got offered the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was by our um, then global CEO, a guy called Chris McDonald, and, and, and he said, you know, we'd like to offer you the job. And there was a real moment of uh, responsibility and consideration. And, and my honest answer was, 
are you sure you want to do that? Um, because, <laughs> very seriously, uh, because it was a sort of caveat mTOR moment. It was, I was at the time a 37 year old mum of two kids under four. And if, if he'd wanted somebody that was going to do this job in the same way that anyone had done it before, mm-hmm. then that was going to be a bit of a waste of both of our time. But if he wanted someone who was going to bring their whole self, their whole messy, brilliant self in a way that, that really gave 100% to a, a business and invested in the future of it, then, then absolutely I believed I was the right person. But if it was come and replicate or come and mold into the shoes of something that has happened before, I'm not the right person for you. And, and in a sort of New York second, um, he said, no, that's why we want you. And that's, that's what we need, that's what we want you to do in our business. And um, the reason I share it, I, I, you know, it, it really was a, an interesting moment in my career of just, I've been really lucky that I've worked for so many people that have shared the stage, given me the spotlight, done that wonderful thing of, uh, you know, being very generous in praise and, and helping to shape your career. And that was one of them, which was, there was an instilling of, no, we want you to do you be the most yeah. authentic you and we want all of that in our business and i'm i'm so you know i feel so proud of our industry when moments like that happen because i think that that's how leadership changes happen is that bravery again come in break the mold let's hire this person yeah yeah it is yes it is and and particularly you know in a big business you know you've talked about it we're big here in london mm-hmm. my goodness you know we're we're big globally um of course, and, and the commitment to wanting to be able to push into a new chapter, new chapters of leadership, new chapters of how that leadership presents, how it turns up, is it's really, it's a really brave, uh, it's, a, it's a brave thing for a business, but it's driven by instinct. And if we're mm. in the business of instinct, then I think that that's a really, really good committed way of doing it. Right, we can't do a show about advertising without having an advertising break. So here is one. And while it's on, get your finger on that follow button. 2023 was huge for this podcast. We increased our audience by 184% and we've got big plans for 2024. So hit follow and make sure you don't miss the amazing guests we have coming up. Also, tell some other people about us. Back in a sec. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Is there a, a campaign from the, the last year? And I mean, clearly you're obviously very proud of everything, right down to the last comma mm. in, in, in mm. the last email that was sent across. Totally. But are there, is there any kind of work that you did that you think, you know, well, that, that was brave and it worked? Yes, without sounding like a politician, lots and lots of it. Uh, we do the Just Eat work and that's phenomenally successful. That's a big populist campaign, mm-hmm. piece of work. Like um, everybody in the head just sang the just everybody jingle, sings didn't they? The every jingle. Single, that's exactly yeah, yeah. it. But the interesting thing with that is uh, we that started as a Snoop campaign. Okay. He was the the original vehicle mm-hmm. of that. Um, and then Katy Perry did a campaign, and this year we've had Lato and Christina Aguilera. There is, um, I think, there is such power in being able to consistently deliver excellence yeah. on a piece of business. And I think that that's, I'm really proud of that. So there is a sort of bravery in, and I'm proud of it mainly because our our team here and our client partner who works there, um, they're a phenomenal group of people who are incredibly driven and ambitious for that business and, and how they deliver their marketing. So that I love. We've got lots and lots of different work that you, you know you can talk about. We've got an amazing team in Manchester who deliver the Aldi work, which you know, being Christmas is mm-hmm. is we're very proud of. <laughs> uh, we do some Xbox. We do the Xbox work, and we've just done a campaign called Everyday Tactician, which just really plays into the space and place of um, of uh sofa watching football fans and there's a real life job that's been made at, at one of the football clubs so it, there's lots of work that is uh that you take clients to places and spaces that you don't believe that they would go to but like i say it's contextualized in very different ways and i'm honestly i i do what i do because i love it it's a privilege mm. to be able to work in and do what we do um so yeah i feel i feel like we should love love and hate things very, very strongly. <laughs> and luckily, I love all the things we do. The Just Eat campaign, I mean, you were talking there about how mm. it started with uh, Snoop Dogg. And mm. they, they, there's an example of bravery, mm. isn't it? They're, yeah, absolutely. Who thinks Just Eat got to be Snoop Dogg, isn't it? Who, how did that come about? How do you associate those things and then write, we think you should do this? I think there is, uh, well, again, that's, as I said, that's a very, very brave client that's at the heart of that. Suze O'Brien is a fantastic client and and one who is, you know, as as ambitious for the work as as we are as a business, as as a creative agency to get there. It's not as simple as you want it to be. You want to be able to sit there and say, the thing is, it's this guy and you've got to do a thing. Um... It's like anything in life. It's a human instinct and it's a collection of people, all of whom push each other and uh, and debate things. And when I came into, the reason I came into this industry, and I'd love to be as precise as to say when I was five, I was, you know, trying to sell things to Care Bears. <laughs> I just wasn't. Um, but what I did know is I knew that there was a need, you know, to shift things, to sell things, you know, be it metal, be it products, be it anything. And then I know that you get to a point where you're stood in a supermarket and for whatever heuristics that you've got in place, you choose a thing. And there's a black box in the middle 
and you don't quite know what happens in it, but there's a thing that happens in it where magic comes out if yeah. it's brilliant. And the sort of magic of that, and I use magic a lot just purely because I think we're in a slightly intangible business, which I love. Uh-huh. But understanding how you get to that magic and the alchemy that needs how you get to it is basically a blend of people because people and their imaginations are our business. You know, they, they course, come yeah. up and there's an adage that's, you know, come, and, come up and down in the lift every day. They, they are, we are, our work is a product of the people who make our work. And by people, I mean our extended people, our people here at McCann, our client partners, um, our production partners, the director, you know, all, those people all bring a perspective on something that pushes and pulls our work into places and spaces that you could never have got to in a linear conversation. And that's why I say when I say you need to love and hate things, everyone that comes into work every day needs to love and hate things because loving and hating things gets you to work like Snoop, like Katy Perry, like Christina, um, from a very, very talented but fiercely opinionated group of people. And, and that's that's why I, that's why I say, you know, it's a, it, it, the job I have, the job I have is is one that needs to create that climate because you can feel it in the work when people love work, and yeah. I, that that's what I get excited by. So, is it a case of there are, there are no bad bad ideas? Do you encourage oh, no, people to do bad that? Ideas. Absolutely, there are. No. Uh, good grief, there are bad ideas. Um, no, I think it's more that uh, that great ideas or great parts of a great idea can come from anywhere yeah that's that's i think the thing which is have a really clear point of view and and that's when you can every now and then you're party to it or you're next to it or you see it happening when someone totally unexpected radically reimagines an idea or you just about think you've got to this fully formed wonderful idea and then someone that's been here on a two-month placement announces that X platform is completely dead and that you don't know why you're doing it. And you, and, 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 it do, and you just go, no, you're absolutely right. And there's a thing that needs to change. So um, yeah, there are bad ideas for sure. Um, we don't any have any here at McCann. No, but no, there no. are definitely bad ideas, but great, truly great ideas can come from anywhere. And, and again, that's a, that's a part of uh, my upbringing at BBH was yeah. was exactly that you you were brought up from uh, you know the most junior roles to have a really strong point of view because that point of view will change the face of the work that we make and that in turn changes the face of of culture if it's if it's done right yeah and, and you know you spoke about the about X as a Twitter as it, as it was formerly known I mean it looks like there's going to be at least on the social market social media marketing mm. side of things lots of big changes yeah is that what you're looking at? What are you predicting? Yeah, I, I get really excited by platform regeneration or mm. new tech platforms coming in or, you know, there's a perennial sort of AI versus, you know, humans, uh-huh. all of those things. Um, they've always existed, you know, it coexists and one should liberate the other. New and regenerated tech platforms or, as you say, uh, how certain businesses and platforms have reimagined themselves. Um, part of our job is that we have to be able to run at that and run at the future and make that as relevant as we can because yeah. that's you know tiktok has completely democratized making yes it is fascinating you're you don't have to you know you, you don't have to come to 
a big advertising agency to create content that you think that people can watch. And, you know, they've been doing that for... No, you people do. Have been creating. You do. <laughs> I'm joking. You absolutely do. Uh, no, you... Th- there is a... There is a... But that, again, I love that. Yeah. Because it keeps us on our toes, but it also means that there is... Um, it validates what we do because people need great content to understand the direction of mm-hmm. travel that they should take. That's the existence of why we're here. So democratizing how people make and talk about things that impact culture and the buying processes and anything that we live in has has been around since the dawn of time. It's just, yeah. it's being done in very different ways. And I, I personally get excited by it. I, I really do. And I think our very best people are people who live and breathe that and that and that feel energy by it my my dad was a my dad was a salesman he's a fiercely fiercely <laughs> proud he was fiercely proud about being a salesman and i you know i am and that's not you know you shouldn't be about selling things to people in ways that they don't want to buy it it's about understanding what you believe that customer needs and being able to take them to a place that you think that maybe they couldn't have got to on their own because you can see what you believe is right for their business and reason I say all of that is different platforms allow people to consume things in different ways that's part of the art of selling it's part of the art of the age-old practice of selling um and that's really important did you enter the family business I didn't you know what I didn't my brother went I can't I I would I should have my dad here to ask him I think he possibly felt like that fearlessness was a bit of a handful in a family business but uh, but it's clear that sales is in in the blood then yeah, I guess so maybe you were selling stuff to those care bears maybe I was maybe <laughs> that's exactly what was happening my da- uh, no it definitely is though it's you know the the because really I, I you know I love it selling is a mm. an interesting word if you use it in the industry that I work in it's some people rec- genuinely recoil because it's seen as a negative for me I you know, as I say it's 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 the art of understanding what people need before they know it themselves and then how you position that in a way that means that ultimately they can make the right decisions for themselves so you've been with McCann for coming up to two years mm-hmm. now have you achieved what you expected to at this point when you first walked oh. through the door here oh, that's a very good question uh we saved those for last that's i was going to say that's a zinger <laughs> at the end um no the uh in lots of ways yes i if i if my time at bbh and and was learning from the very best people in the world Mm. really at what we do um what i wanted to do at mccann was to assemble what i believed was the best team and agency in the world um and that's that's to create a place that people want to come and work um and that they're able to live out the bits of them that they love uh and we have definitely we have definitely got a leadership team and a body of a business that has got what I believe to be some of the very best people in what we do in the world. And when I distill it to a business is the sum of the people that work in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's a, a better set business for 2024 than ours because I believe I've got a disproportionate hand of the very top talent in the world that, that is here. So 
it's a simplistic answer to actually a much more complex question. No, of course, I'm never going to have achieved what I wanted to. I'm never, there will never be a moment that I can sit back and say, yeah, that's brilliant, that's all done. Um, but what I have done in the last 18 months is to, to assemble a, a body of people into a business that mm. I believe can genuinely transform clients' business and, and, our, and our business. So yeah, I feel, I feel really proud of a lot of what we've achieved. It hasn't been easy and I think anyone that has led in any capacity over the last five years has probably learned more about leadership um, about change, about <laughs> challenge, than they would have done in in twenty five years. So it's been it's been a sort of wonderfully accelerated uh, time. But yeah, am I? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't done everything I wanted to do, and I don't know if I ever will. But am I very very proud of of what we've built? We together have built in the last eighteen months, two years. Yeah, very. What's the next two years? <laughs> do you know what the next two weeks is? I was going to say, um, no, do you know what? I, I need to live. I, there is a man called Jim, a fiercely wonderful man uh, called Jim Carroll, who I worked with uh, again at BBH, who said, do interesting things and interesting things will happen. Mm. And I think that that's, that's a mantra that I will take forward. And the next two years, I don't, I don't think you can plan two years ahead because I just, for me, I don't believe that we work in an industry which has got that horizon line. Yeah. Uh, you can certainly have values and visions that you want to get to. Um, but I feel incredibly excited by whatever happens in the next two years. Um, it will be things that I throw myself at and I do all of the audacious, fearless types of, um, you know, ways that we can bring that to life. That was Polly McMorrell, CEO of McCann London. For more interviews, news and analysis, go to standard.co.uk forward slash business. How to be a CEO will be back in two weeks' time. We'll see you then. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.